Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and we are in the middle of a series called Who's in Your Circle? A look at the different relationships that impact and influence you as kids ministry leaders and those relationships that help you lead for the long haul. If you haven't gone back and listened to episode one of this series with Adam Griffin, I highly recommend it. Today's episode, we are diving into the relationship between a kids ministry leader and a student ministry leader. I would argue that this relationship may be one of the most important and impactful for the families and kids in your church. I invited my friend Rachel Sawhook to join me on today's episode. Rachel is the director of Next Gen at Transformation Church in South Carolina, and she oversees birth through high school and was the perfect person to help us think through how we can be intentional and build that friendship with the people who oversee student ministry. As a way to help you think about your own relationships throughout this series, we've created a Who's in Your Circle guidebook. Inside the guidebook is a space to write notes, thought-provoking questions, and a space for you to think through your next steps on what relationships need the most attention. So before we jump into the conversation with Rachel, I want to remind you about the three brand new cohorts that are launching in just two weeks. We have a kids ministry circle cohort, a student ministry circle cohort, and the next gen cohort. Yes, we've got a space for the entire family ministry team to learn and grow this spring season. These cohorts are nine or 12 weeks of group coaching where leaders get to come together, learn and grow, build community with other leaders who have similar celebrations and similar tensions and gain new insights as you hear what is happening at churches all around the country. You can head to kidsministrycircle.com to sign up today. Now on to my conversation with Rachel. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited that you are here. So we are in the middle of this special series that we're doing on the podcast. And it's all about relationships that impact and influence Mm -hmm. how kids ministry leaders lead in their role. And so we're talking about every relationship from lead pastor to volunteers, to friendships, to counseling. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring you on specifically to talk about the relationship between the entire family ministry team. So kids, students, if you have preschool, if you have preteen ministries, like all of those things that it, that kind of come together to form this next gen and family ministry kind of community of people and how important that relationship is between kids and students. And if you want to throw in young adults, you can, but just kind of this next gen world. And we actually met kind of like we kind of met, but kind of didn't meet. We were on a zoom call together with just talking about curriculum and talking about kind of what's coming for this, the next season of kids and students Mm -hmm. with some people that we both love. And I like noticed you and I was like, Ooh, I want to know her. And I was like, okay, let me find the right time to bring her on the podcast. And now is the perfect time. And I'm so excited. So why don't you kind of kick off this podcast episode by telling us a little bit about you. Tell us your story. Tell us how you got started in ministry, how you ended up serving at the church that you're serving at and all of those fun details. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me. I'm so happy to be a part of this and I care so passionately about the next generation. And so whatever we can do to help foster those relationships, I want to do that today. So I'm first of all, a wife and a mom of four. Y'all can pray for me. I have two teenage drivers in the house. Ah! Oh my goodness. Um, and then I have a middle schooler and one that's in upper elementary. And so that keeps me super busy. Um, by day, I also get to oversee and lead the team at Transformation Church here in South Carolina um, for birth through the 12th grade. Um, kind of funny how I got into ministry. Uh, I went to school for a youth ministry. I was super passionate about that. Um, I had an incredible leader in my life that just poured into me. She would have me over. She would talk about Jesus. She would point me to scripture. And I wanted to be that for someone else. And so I went into youth ministry and I, I didn't really know what I could do with that. Like as a female, even back in those days, it was kind of hard to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told this pastor of a church, like they were planting and he asked me to be on the staff team. And I said, I will do anything but kids ministry. <laughs> and I learned very quickly that God has a sense of humor and we should yes. never say anything, but never so, say never, never say never. So I, ended up being over kids ministry. What I thought was going to be short term has now turned into 20 some years in ministry, which is crazy. Um, and then the transition from kids to students happened because there was just a transition on staff. And so temporarily I stepped into overseeing that role as well. Um, I had built up a great team in kids and I wasn't really needed to be hands-on. And so I was pulled over into that direction and then eventually was asked to take on this kind of new role at the time of family ministry director. And now we call that next gen ministry director. And so, um, it's been great. It's been a really fun few years. I'm fairly new to this position at this church. Um, I've been there almost three years, which time after COVID flies. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. I'm loving it. It's really, really fun. Just bringing kids back post COVID and, um, figuring out how the church and, um, the next generation has changed since then has been a challenge, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you kind of take note of the newness of the family ministry role. Cause mm-hmm. I do think it's been a cultural, like a church cultural shift, maybe over like the last decade or so of just, we're adding this role into the church mm-hmm. staff find value in it. We find value in having someone kind of cast and, and hold on to the vision of birth to students. And Mm. I think, I think it's a really valuable role to have in the church. And like, I love seeing churches kind of adopt this next gen kind of mindset of like, no, let's not Mm -hmm. have kids over here and students over here. Let's try and bridge the gap between the two. And I think a lot of that is because the church was seeing a lot of kids drop off between kids and students. And they're like, well, how Mm -hmm. do we fix that? Well, you have to connect the line and make it Mm -hmm. so that parents know where their kids are going and kids have familiar faces and like all of those important things. And so I have loved this kind of cultural church shift of bringing both these ministries together. And I think that's just from my own experience of I've had great 
student ministry leaders who work alongside yeah. me. And it's been one of the best times to cross over and do events together and mm-hmm. pastor families together and just kind of care for the families as a whole. And so I would love to kind of as we're thinking about this relationship between kids ministry leaders and student ministry leaders, I would say that they have, they have a massive influence on each other, right? What happens in kids impacts what happens in students. And I've had so many conversations with kids ministry leaders who like feel that like, Oh, I don't want to send my kids to students. (laughs) They're like, I don't want them to like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's hard to let go of some kids as they move up into a new ministry. And so I would love for you to kind of speak into and share, why do you think it's important for kids ministry leaders and student ministry leaders to work together? Why do you think it's important to kind of cast the vision for families from birth to high school? Yeah. I mean, Lauren, you kind of spoke to it. I was seeing that same drop-off. I remember um, we had a class of 75 elementary students that were about to graduate into student ministry. And I just happened to stop by one night, and there was like 30 kids. And I remember saying, where are these other kids? Like, where's so-and-so? And and where's so-and-so? And I just felt this huge burden of we have to come together and figure out how to transition students well. So Mm -hmm. I can be selfish and like, hold on to them and you can be so excited to have them. But if we don't cross that bridge and make that bridge accessible for both the student and the parent, then what are we doing? Um, Another gap that I saw frequently was the, the difference in how we communicate um, the difference Uh in how we were programming yeah. All of those things were big eye openers for me. And so we kind of took a step back and said, okay, what does it look like? Like you mentioned to have a plan from birth through 12th grade mm-hmm. rather than preschools functioning this way and has X amount of years, elementary is this way and has, a, we want to let parents know, Hey, we are thinking ahead. We want your child to know who God is, who they are in Christ, how they can live on mission with him. And here's how we're going to make that happen. And so once we began to come together, the planning turned into a lot of fun. Um, We started having like our student leaders kind of kidnap um, the elementary kids on that, you know, couple of last Sundays that they were in elementary, um, just to give them a taste of what student ministry would look like. We implemented parent meetings um, to help them because sometimes it's the parent, let's be Mm -hmm. honest, they're used to kind of checking in and walking their kids to class. And then in student ministry, oftentimes we're asking them to just drop your kid off (laughs) into the unknown. Um, So we made some shifts there. And then also in our programming, um, our kids ministry was running very much like a classroom, right? Mm -hmm. They were around tables. It was more teaching time. Uh, We're trying to maintain control in kids ministry. Um, And then all of a sudden we're dumping them into this student ministry where they're like having to chug milk and, you know, (laughs) eat gross things. And, and then we're asking them to like sit in circles and talk that they've never, they've never done that before. Um, Even how we worshiped like through music looked so different. And so for us, we found it so beneficial to say, okay, here's why we want students worshiping through music in this way. Mm -hmm. So how can we as kids ministry leaders help get them to that place? Yeah. 
and yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I will say the chugging milk. I never did that <laughs> in student ministry, but I saw people do it and it is like my worst yeah. nightmare. I hated, I did not, yeah. let's say I did not thrive in youth <laughs> ministry in the 2000s <laughs> or like the early, yeah. like late night, whatever, whatever the time frame yeah. was, however many years ago, it was not my favorite season. That's not my jam, which is why I do kids <laughs> ministry. Um, but anyways, yes to all of that. I yeah. love kind of the shift of thinking and not just like, it'd be so easy to be like, well, kids ministry just should do it like student ministry and, or mm-hmm. student ministry should just do it more like kids ministry. But for to to pinpoint some key areas and say, okay, mm-hmm. how can kids ministry shift a little bit? And then how can student ministry shift a little bit just to yes. make it easier on the kids and mm-hmm. the families? And I think the communication is a big one. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's no data on this, but like how many, e- how many parent emails people send in student ministry compared to how many parent emails they send in kids <laughs> ministry? They've got to be yeah. different. Yes, and for sure. So there is a lot more handholding and mm-hmm. parent engagement, and it, it's just different. And mm-hmm. so when it comes to these two ministries working together, the vision and mission may be similar. Like you may be mm-hmm. going towards the same goal, but obviously the philosophies can look a little bit different. And yes. I want to kind of touch on not just like ministry related things, but more so leadership minded, like the student ministry leader oftentimes thinks differently than a kid's ministry leader and down to Mm -hmm. personality and the way their brain works and just the person leading those ministries itself. I mean, there's so many different um, stereotypes for the youth ministry leader. And I think some of them are way off, but then some of them, Mm -hmm. they're true. But then also there's stereotypes for the kids ministry leader that are probably way off, but there's also some truth to that. And so how have you been able to kind of take your leaders in those areas and find common ground between the way that they think and the way that they lead and acknowledge the differences that they have, but also kind of celebrate those similarities? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think we all sat down and decided, like we did some research, we looked at some Varna studies, all of those things, and and really talked about why kids think this way, how they learn, how they're processing information. And so we know like a preschooler is full of wonder. And so if we're teaching about Jonah and the big fish, like kids are like, wow, that's incredible, you know? Mm -hmm. And then um, elementary, they start to think like scientists and they're very concrete thinkers. And so the way that we teach and lead in those spaces have to look different. And then we know that identity in middle school is like a crisis. And so we want to be intentional in that way and then provide belonging, a place that they can belong. And so we all, like all of those leaders would come together and we just talked about those. We gave them names. We gave them um, descriptions so that we knew we were moving a kid from wonder to belonging, belonging to the family of Christ, belonging Mm -hmm. to this body that he's placed them in. And what are the steps in the middle to accomplish that? Yeah. And so we, we progressively add elements. Um, like our preschool is not going to sit and have a conversation about 
their identity necessarily, but we're going to talk about how God made them unique and created Mm -hmm. them in his image. And he made your fingers and your toes and, you know, things like that. But our goal is that by the time a kid graduates, this is where they're at. Yeah. So I think establishing some of those guidelines with your team, um, is incredibly helpful. And then figuring out the how to's comes a little bit more naturally. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It kind of, I like the idea of coming together as a team and then mm-hmm. kind of defining like, what's the win for each of those ministry yes. areas and then say like, okay, now how do we get there? And just acknowledging that like, okay, it's going to look different based on where kids are developmentally. And I think that's yeah. important to think about and to remember mm-hmm. as like, for example, going back to the chugging milk, like that's a way <laughs> that like it breaks down barriers so kids can laugh yes. and have fun and be silly. And that builds those relationships in such a weird way where Mm -hmm. you would never do that in preschool because I don't think preschoolers have a super hard time connecting with adults and connecting with leaders. They're like, Oh, you want to play with me? Cool. Now I'm going to sit on your lap and now I'm going to talk about you for the rest of the week, like at home. Like it's like, and that's like personal experience from my own preschoolers. They're just like, they latch onto kind of whoever is in their class and it's so precious. And so I think that's good to remember as you're kind of planning out the family ministry. I would love for you to talk about kind of, I'm trying to figure out how to word this the right way. You obviously talked about the wonder and the way that kids work developmentally, but share a little bit about mm-hmm. maybe your mission and vision that kind of overarches all these ministries together. What's that big end goal that you hope to reach for your entire family ministry? Yeah, that really stemmed from our church's mission and vision. Mm-hmm. So I think another relationship that's important, and we don't have to go into it, is your your senior pastor. Yeah. Um, what is he called your church to be a part of, and how does that translate into next gen or into family ministry? And so ours was we wanted to be a multi ethnic, multi generational, mission shaped community that loves God completely upward, loves ourselves correctly inward, and loves our neighbors compassionately outward. And so rather than coming up with our own mission and vision, Mm -hmm. we just said we want to help equip kids and students to do those very things. And so that's our end goal from birth all the way up to our senior saints, um, our gray hair (laughs) um, community. But yeah, that's that's kind of where we came from that Mm -hmm. uh, or where that came from. Um, I don't know if that's answering your question, no, that's but I think great. finding, finding unity in that mission and vision. And then yeah. like we talked about translating that into your specific age and yeah. then how does that build? How does that build? Yeah. Um, no, that's helpful. And I think, cause even, even some, sometimes family ministry leaders, kids ministry, student ministry are asking the question, does my mission and vision need to be different than the churches? Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. it be the same? How does that, what does that look like? Do we yeah. want it to be different? Do we want it to be the same? They're asking all of these questions as they're building out ministries. And so it's helpful mm-hmm. to have you and your church as an example of like, no, we want like these kids and these students are the church of today and we want them to participate in the church that's going on today. And that means having the same mission and vision. It's just 
we're just helping kids and families. Yeah. We're just coming alongside parents as they are learning this as an, uh, an adult worship level and then helping their kids mm-hmm. learn this at home and at home discipleship. So I think that's great. Yeah. We, uh, also, oh, go ahead. Um, talk, we also talk about the, the five characteristics of like a disciple of Jesus and that's worship, connect, serving, giving, and inviting. And so those translate very different in preschool than, you know, in high school. And so even, you know, kids can serve by giving of their time, by helping pick up the toys. And then in high school, it looks more like joining in an outreach project or Mm -hmm. making a difference in their schools. And so even like those specific things can translate and trickle down into your ministry so that you're one unified body moving every generation forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. And that's really cool that like, you're able to take those five things and like, those are words and values that kids hear from the time they're little. And if they're part Mm -hmm. of your church for the long haul, like until, and so then like, just imagine as they graduate from the next gen ministry, it's like, Oh, this is a part of their DNA because they've practiced it and they've heard it and they've learned it and they've had opportunities to kind of, as they've grown, grow in how they're actually practicing being a disciple, which I think is really cool. What a great, that's so awesome. Um, Okay. I want to kind of talk about parents a little bit. How have, how does this work when you're communicating with parents? Because obviously Mm -hmm. there's some parents who have kids and only one, some parents have kids across all ministries. Mm -hmm. Your communication looks different. What you need from parents, how you equip parents looks different. And so what does this look like for you as you're leading this ministry and as you're coming alongside parents and equipping them to be the primary discipler? Yeah, that's really good. Um, So kids ministry is the first level of, um, relational time that you have with a parent, mm-hmm. right? So whether that's your child dedication or your parent commissioning service, um, we want to intentionally communicate that we have a plan from that very first interaction, that very first engagement. And so our goal in kids ministry is to completely build trust between our team, our staff and the parent. Yeah. And then we, as kids ministry leaders, we get to then help parents start to learn to trust the teens ministry, um, by doing things together, by communicating in the same way. Um, and so one thing we found that was helpful rather than like a preschool email and an elementary email and a student Mm -hmm. email, I have four kids in three different ministries. And so between that and this, you don't want, you don't want three emails. (laughs) No, no. Um, so we did a newsletter. It's a digital newsletter. Um, each of the staff, preschool, elementary teens get to fill in their little sections, but it's a, you know, it's an easy template that we created. So parents know that that comes at this time, every single month, they know that it's going to have all of the information in one place and maybe some links to go if there's an additional information Mm -hmm. needed for camp or something. Um, so establishing, this is how we're going to communicate with you helps build that trust with parents. And so I think that is so, so, so important. Um, and then what, what was the other thing? Just equipping them. Like what are some oh, ways that you yeah. parents across all the ministries? Yeah. Um, parents are very digital right now. Um, we do have a, a parent hub, a resource area. 
we found that we were carrying a lot of different books and a lot of different resources and having to store some of that stuff. And so we mm-hmm. actually moved to scanning a QR code. So we will feature a certain book or a Bible study or, you know, a curriculum or something like that on that wall. And parents can literally just scan and it'll take them to purchase that's awesome. that, that resource. So that's been really helpful. Um, try to have that on online, on our, uh, social media, Pinterest boards, um, Facebook pages, all of those things. And then really just helping them understand that it is not our job to disciple your child, but we get to partner with you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, here's how you do that. Here's what we talked about in service. Here's some questions that your student is asking and here's kind of how we answered them to try to help them understand. Um, I feel like for a long time, we kind of passed the buck back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, parents were relying on the church. The church yeah. is relying on parents. And then nobody is really doing a great job. And yep. so just communicating that up front, you are the primary disciple maker. However, we can help equip and resource you. We want to do that. Yeah, And so um, that's something our team is continually working on. It's one of our strategic goals for the year is to develop that a little bit more. So mm-hmm. maybe invite me back next year for that. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> what, one thing I really like about the way that you've done communication, and even when you talk about this parent resource wall center thing online, mm-hmm. is just that it's all families. And so a lot of times people have to go to this website for kids, this website Mm -hmm. for students, this website for preschool, but for you, you've just lumped it all together, which I think Mm -hmm. as a parent of preschoolers, I am thinking about elementary. I am thinking about when my kids become teenagers, what do I need to be doing Mm. now? And even like... I care what's happening in student ministry because I want I want to know that when my kids graduate elementary school, they're walking into a great student ministry. And you know how I yes. know is because I get to see what they're doing on this newsletter and I get to see what yes. books they're recommending. And I think that's really good insight for parents, mm-hmm. especially as you think about those parents who are maybe have kids in like second, third, and fourth grade yes. to know like, oh, okay, this is when they start announcing summer camp and here's what they do when they like launch in the fall or like kind of just getting the rhythm and being exposed to what's happening so that when they do have kids entering into students, it's not as surprising. It's not, Oh, well I didn't know that you had students on Wednesday nights. It's like, no, or whatever night you have it. It's like, Oh, they've been seeing it for as long Mm -hmm. as they've been a part of the church. And I think that's just a really great way to communicate. You talked about this earlier of trying to build trust with parents. Mm -hmm. I think talking about all the different ministries all at once is a great way to build trust with parents instead of being like, Oh, when you're, when your kid gets to students, then they'll be added to this list and then they'll know what's happening. And then they'll know about like our, whatever our foundational truths are. It's like, no, it's being communicated from the beginning. And I think that's sweet. But also here's another thing I just thought of. That's a great way to allow families to invite other families. That's so good. That's great. if my neighbor has middle school kids, I could be like, Hey, our yes. church is having this student event. Like we would love for you to go and we would love for you to come with us. Or like if someone moves in down the street and they have a brand new baby, it's like, Oh, our church is doing this for 
I don't know, they have like weekly toddler times. They've opened up their building and like all of these different things and all of these different events that you may be putting on. I think just communicating it Mm -hmm. at a grand level to all families, just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of benefits to that. And I think that's a really good idea. So thanks for sharing. I like that. That's a great point. You mentioned rhythms. I think that's also super important. Um, I, I felt like kids ministry had that rhythm when I was Mm -hmm. working in that area. And then when I jumped over to students, I felt like it was more of, Hey, this is a good idea. We're going to throw together this event in a month or two. And you know, maybe it's a lock in one year and then the next year it's, it's a outing at top golf and it's like students look forward to those things. And so every single time they're like, is this the lock-in? Are we doing the lock-in again? You know? And it's like, no, we're never doing it again. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm too old. I'm too old. Yes. But really like trying to figure out what are those rhythms? What are those key moments that you're going to connect with students? Those key times that you're saying, Hey, bring a friend to this. This is a great on-ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, and establishing those from birth all the way to 12th is also yeah. so, so good. And like you said, just mentioning that in the newsletter, it gives parents an idea of what to look forward to and expect for their children. So, yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. I want to talk about maybe the difficulties of this. Um, and not all churches, I know this for a fact, not every kid's (laughs) ministry leader has a great relationship with their student ministry leader. Mm -hmm. And maybe their church doesn't have the budget money or doesn't see the benefit of hiring that family ministry role. And so I would love for you to kind of speak into if kids ministry leaders are working to build a relationship or vice versa. Maybe the student Mm -hmm. ministry leader sees the benefit of working alongside the kids ministry team. And these leaders are just trying to build that relationship how have you seen relationships start this way? Maybe you have new hires and you're trying mm-hmm. to kind of bring them together in the whole group, or maybe you're just trying to get this next gen vision there and yeah. started. What are some ways that you think could help build this relationship from the ground up? Yeah, I have a few ideas on that. One is like show up, like, if your student ministry is having an event and they need chairs set up, like offer to jump in and set up mm. those chairs. Yeah. Maybe it's picking up the pizza because your student guy needs to focus on his message and like, Hey, we'll run and get the pizza and we'll, you know, we'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so just showing up is so, so good. Another way that I saw that happen organically was we, when I was in kids ministry, we had a lot of students serving. And I, I imagine that, your listeners do as well. We could not do kids ministry without our students. Right. And some of them are connected to student ministry and some of them aren't. And so casting that vision to the youth pastor or the student person and saying, Hey, I've got a bunch of teens that are serving Mm -hmm. that you should come meet. You should high five. You should thank them for serving and try to invite them to this event. Um, I think that was super beneficial in creating that relationship Um, we invited our student person to come, they teach, um, occasionally up in our preteen environment. Um, and so that was fun for them. Um, Mm -hmm. our student guy loves to speak. And so if he gets to share about Jesus, he's super pumped about that. And the kids always (laughs) think that they're the coolest, (laughs) right? The coolest, the coolest. And so, um, inviting them to be a part of what you're doing 
utilizing their strong suit, whatever mm-hmm. their strength yeah. is, um, helps to build that relationship. I think, um, you know, maybe you're doing a, an event at a trampoline park, uh, for your elementary, like invite your student people to come mm-hmm. and be a part of that. It's just a fun event and the kids will get to know them and look forward to going and being with that person as they transition up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think just asking questions, if, if there's been an event or a yeah. camp, like showing that you care in student ministry leaders as well, like asking how Sunday went, what are some challenges that you have? Um, I think that you'll find that your challenges are the same. They're often dealing with your volunteers <laughs> um, or recruiting or, mm-hmm. you know, how to work with parents. And so coming together on those issues is really, really helpful to build that yeah. relationship. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good advice because I love the idea of just showing up and just Mm -hmm. your presence matters and your presence is like a tangible way to show that you're championing them and you are supporting them and you want them to thrive as leaders. And I think that's just such an easy way to kind of like if you are like extending an olive branch, I guess you could say of just kind of making an effort to be like, I care. I want to know, I want to see what you're doing and how it's going. And so that we can talk about it and like all of those kinds of things. I think so much, so many times kids ministry leaders and student ministry leaders don't engage because they just don't know. Yeah. And, or they use the excuse of like, well, they don't know what it's like in kids ministry or they don't know mm-hmm. what it's like in student ministry. And one easy way to overcome that thought. And a lot of, a lot of times that thought is just a lie that they're choosing to believe, yeah. but a lot of yeah. ways that you can overcome that thought is just to show up and just to experience mm-hmm. it and to watch it and to pick up pizza or set up chairs or yeah. like how fun would it be for a kid? ministry leader to show up to a student event and say hi to all of their kids that recently graduated. Like all of these connection points Mm -hmm. goes back to that shows kids and families that the church is greater than just their ministry that they're in right now. And I can't tell you how many times even the church that I'm at right now in prior churches, like you've pulled the student person in when like, you don't have any volunteers that Sunday and yes. they don't have the same morning programming. You're like, can you please help? And yeah. it's like so yeah. great when they're over first responses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, let me help. Yeah. Let me jump into a classroom. And that's always just really the teamwork matters mm-hmm. because people, people know when yeah, they're, they when do. those teams are not getting along, it is it's obvious yes, and yes. it doesn't make families want to participate in no. those two ministries. And, and so it is, it is really fun when you can kind of bridge that gap, like we've talked about. And, and one other way that I have seen like personally is just getting mm-hmm. to know them on a personal level. So it's being like, Hey, yeah. could, does your family want to come over to my house for dinner or vice That's versa? Good. Or like, let's, like go to a staff lunch together and our Mm -hmm. teams can all do something. And I mean, one way that I did this at a previous church is we just had a lot of fun together. So the students team and the kids team would go and do something fun. And Mm -hmm. that often really starts the relationship off well, because you're having fun together, whether that's top golf or bowling or I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Oh, an escape room. That is fun. fun. (laughs) And so it's just, kind of forgetting about your ministry roles for just a second and realizing that like, Oh, 
gosh, like we're brothers and sisters in Christ and we're doing this together and we're ultimately on the same team. I think that can be really helpful. And I think you kind of mentioned it. And one of our podcast episodes is about senior leadership. But I think if if leaders are feeling stuck with like, I want a greater vision for our families, Mm -hmm. I think one great starting point would be to connect with whoever's over students. And like, if you guys worked together on a presentation or a description and brought it to senior leadership and said, this is what we want. Like, it's just like, I make this joke of like, anytime you can link arms with your student ministry leader, your senior leaders are more likely to say yes to what you want to do. (laughs) So true. Yes. And so I just think it's, I think that's a great way of like, if you're trying to get some buy-in from your senior pastor or your executive pastor doing it together. It's not like mm-hmm. you're, it's not like two on one, but it is in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's like, Oh no, this is not just a kid's ministry thing. All like both of these ministries want to see this happen for the benefit of families. The family. Yep. Totally. Yeah. We, um, I'm glad you mentioned fun. I can't believe I left that out, but we, um, we do a weekly huddle just on, um, online, a video call and we talk about the whole weekend. And so Mm. the student people are there and the kids people are there and we debrief Sunday. And then we talk about what we're working on that week. And that has organically also led to the student person being like, Oh, you're cleaning out storage. Well, Hey, I can bring a couple students to help. Um, and you know, kids leaders saying, Hey, you're, you're short on a pizza server. We're happy to show up. Um, I think that's also been really, really good. Um, so if you do have two teams that are working well, maybe implementing something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we do a monthly lunch out where we just fun. go have fun. Um, yeah. And yeah, don't talk about work. <laughs> so I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. That's awesome. I just, I think knowledge is so powerful in this conversation mm-hmm. of just knowing what's going on, knowing what they're working yes. on. I think, I think student ministry leaders get a bad rap for like not working during the yep. week or like just chilling. And it's like, no, actually these people are working really hard and yeah. like, just because they're not in the office all the time doesn't mean that right. they're not working and vice versa. Absolutely. And so just that knowledge can be really helpful to just break down any negative assumptions that get made mm-hmm. about kids and student ministry leaders. And so that yeah. is, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's super, that's super helpful just as leaders navigate their own mm-hmm. kind of emotions and assumptions towards other staff. So that's just helpful. Okay. Any other thoughts on family ministry? I guess I, I, well, I have one more question. So before you answer that, okay. <laughs> as you think about family ministry, what do you think is like, what, as you are leading the family ministry and the next gen ministry, what are some of your favorite things? Like, what are some of your favorite aspects of these two kids and students ministries coming together? Hmm. I think just over time, getting to know those families, um, getting to walk with them when they have a baby, getting to help them navigate sending their kid on the bus to kindergarten, um, being able to baptize their, their kids as they accept Christ, after they accept Christ, um, all of those milestone moments, um, you know, the transition to high school and then graduation, all of those milestone moments are mm-hmm. key times that we get to connect with those families and you, you get you get attached. They're great. Yeah. You know, you get to walk with them. You're literally 
walking with them in some of the most exciting moments of their life. And so I love that. I also really, really love when parents ask us um, for advice on, do you have a study I can do with my teen girl? Um, hey, I'm struggling. My, my son seems to slam his doors and, you know, and you're like, okay, welcome to teens. You know, this is kind of your new phase. And <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I love, love, love um, being able to be a resource, um, mm-hmm. someone that will commit to praying for these families. I love that. And then getting to celebrate their student walking across the stage at graduation is beautiful. Yeah. Just yeah. so, so fun. I also really love, um, we started this kids event that was really for kids and we've seen it grow <clears throat> over the past two and a half years to now our students are coming and bringing their friends. Um, we've seen parents bringing their grandparents. And so it, it, what started out as a kids event is now this beautiful multi-generational yeah. time for people to connect. Yeah. And so that's been really, really fun. So finding something like that. Okay, what's really the event? Too. We call it Jingle GM. Okay. Um, it's... Yeah, it's our own um, little thing, but we do like a walkthrough of what is Christmas not. It's not about the weather and the snowman. It's not about the gifts and sweets and treats. It's not about family time. It's not just about those things. Uh And then it's really about Jesus. And so they kind of navigate room to room. And then when they come out, there's like all this fun stuff, food trucks and inflatables. And um, the whole experience takes 15 minutes. Uh-huh. And then the rest of the night is just fun and connecting. And so it's fun. It was really special. Yeah. That's so really, sweet. Really we yeah. love that. Christmas yeah. events are my favorite. Okay. I know. Now we can get to the last question. The last question okay. we always ask is if you were talking to someone who is brand new in kids ministry, or you could even do like brand new to like a family ministry role, either one, you could do whatever. Mm. What would be your words of wisdom or advice? Yeah, I think just remembering that you cannot do it all Mm -hmm. and that you are not even called to do it all. That's not really your role. Your role is to equip the saints. And so God has given us this beautiful body of Christ. And if we were all ears, like we would not be able to function. And so stop trying to be an ear and a nose and an eye and like walk in that gift and passion that God has given you. And then pray about who you can bring into that ministry opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I often tell young leaders, like, write every single thing you're doing, like every single thing down that you're doing, and circle those things that only you can do, right? Yeah. Maybe only you can write your message for Sunday. And maybe you yep. are the only one that can do that pastoral care call. But there are other things that leaders are better at than you. Mm-hmm. And so getting that team around you is going to help you not burn out. Um, and it's going to be a more beautiful picture because they're probably better at it yeah. <laughs> in some ways than you are. Yeah. Um, I had a, also really looking for the gifting for those people that you're getting to bring on your team. Yeah. I had a lady who tried to be a small group leader and she tried and tried and every single week she was so frustrated <sighs> and we were a set up tear down church and inevitably I would come up, you know, sweating and had been setting up for hours and she would complain about her pencils not being sharpened and her crayon box not having all the colors. 
And in my flesh, I wanted to be so like, do you know what I've been doing? Like, yeah. you, you know, this is such a big job that a lot of people don't get. Mm-hmm. But instead I like took a deep breath and I thought, you know what? This is not a fit for her, but I wonder if she would like to be the organizing captain, you know? Yeah. And so I pitched that idea to her because I felt that it was super important to her that she was so passionate about that. And so then she started to show up early with me and she would literally sharpen every pencil, make sure every crayon was in the boxes, organize all of that. Oh my goodness. And that was not my forte. And I didn't care about those things, but it really helped equip our servant leaders to feel loved, to Mm -hmm. feel prepared. And it gave her ownership into what God had called us to do as a church. And so pray for those people, look for those people. They're out there. And they yes. want to have ownership. Yes. And so. create jobs for them. Like it's, yes, make it people up. are like, well, it's either small group leader <laughs> or like large group teacher. Like it, they have these like boxes of roles that they need to yeah. fill. And it's like, sometimes like I always tell people, I'm like, if you've got someone who is so good at hospitality on your kid's team and who's so good at caring for people, it's like, make them a volunteer care leader. I don't know. Like there's, you can create roles for people that match their gifting. And I think that's where the church body just comes alive. So what a great story. So much, so much more rich that way. Yes. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We're going to link your church's website. And then I'm also going to link the parent resource page that you were talking about. That's a big Mm -hmm. question that people get all the time of just like, what are some resources? How do you create something for parents? And and so I think that can be really helpful for parents um, or for ministry leaders to see and maybe use as an example as they're building out their own. And then of course, like if people want to connect with you, you're on social media, right? Yeah, totally. Okay. Great. You've got teenagers. You got to be there. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so I would we'll love link, to connect. Yes. We'll link your socials so that if people want to ask you more questions and connect with you, they definitely can. You guys, I'm so thankful that Rachel was able to join you on the podcast today. It was such a great conversation. And I hope that all of you kids ministry leaders feel more encouraged to be intentional with the team and leaders that oversee the student ministry at your church. If you follow us over on socials, either at Kids Ministry Circle or Student Ministry Circle, you may have noticed that we are doing a giveaway to help you show your appreciation to to your student ministry team. The giveaway ends this Friday, so don't miss a chance to sign up and win all sorts of great things for both you and your youth pastor. We'd love to know what you are learning and implementing from this conversation, either from the conversation that I had today with Rachel or the conversation from last week with Adam. So head over to our socials and let us know. We'd love to celebrate with you and learn alongside you. Next week, our conversation is all about another crucial relationship inside the church, and it's the relationship with our volunteers. We love them. We could not do ministry without them. So we're going to talk to some volunteers, and I cannot wait for you to hear my conversation next week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.